Good morning everyone. Really sorry I can't be with you this morning but uh, the Covid bug has finally caught up with me. Um, I'm feeling okay actually, um, just a bit kind of tired but apart from that uh, I'm not doing too badly so uh, thank you for those who've uh, inquired about my well-being. So unfortunately I'm having to bring this uh, message to you this morning um, from my home where I'm going to be uh, staying until uh, Tuesday morning at the latest but I hope that uh, despite that, um, this might be a time when we can uh, be fed uh, by God's word into our lives. We're starting a, a new series, or actually we started it last week, but this is the kind of first proper talk for the 1030 congregation about how we can live fruitful lives. And we're just going to be thinking about some of the basics this morning of how we can be fruitful. I actually gave this talk to the nine o'clock congregation last week, but because the 1030 congregation missed out, I thought it, this would be an opportunity uh, just to let them know something uh, about what we thought about then as well. So if you went to nine o'clock last week and you're in 1030 this week, sorry about that, but let's just see how much you can actually remember. I, I just want to ask you some questions. and I just want you to think through true or false to these statements this morning. Here's the first one. I'm going to be true to myself. True or false? I'm a self-made man or woman. True or false? I want to make sure I'm not dependent on anyone in life. True or false? You can be whoever you want to be. True or false. You can do whatever you want to do. True or false. I wonder if you could uh, sum up those statements. What word you would use that runs through them all? I suppose the word that immediately springs to mind is the word individualism. And they are very individualistic statements. They're all about me. But I think the better word would be the word independent. They express a feeling of wanting to be independent, of wanting to live independently. Now, actually, that's something that we would all like to have as human beings. One of the greatest fears we have, particularly as we grow older, is losing our independence. And uh, those of us who care for elderly relatives will have already experienced that. Many people feel that the key to living a fruitful life is independence. And as we start this series about what God has to say about how lives can be fruitful, there is a blunt statement that Jesus makes in verse 5, which is our, our memory verse for this series, where Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. There are no conditions attached to that statement. Jesus doesn't say, with other people, other than me, you can be fruitful. He doesn't say that. He says, no, only me. And he doesn't say, with me, you can do an awful lot. And without me, you can do certain things as well. He says, no, without me, you can do nothing. A life of independence cannot be fruitful, says Jesus. A fruitful life begins and ends with a relationship with God 
And if we want to be fruitful, then one of the things we're going to have to learn is how to be dependent. And although that goes against the human spirit, it's what Jesus is encouraging us to here. To be dependent upon him. Fruitful living begins with a fruitful relationship with God. And that's going to be our theme for the coming weeks. And in John chapter 15, Jesus gives us an explanation of how that relationship with him can be fruitful. And he does so by using a powerful metaphor of a vine, a gardener and branches that produce fruit. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Why did Jesus choose a vine? Why didn't he he choose some other form of tree or plant? Imagine as Jesus and his disciples left the upper room where chapters 13 and 14 describe he had been. And as they walk out towards the Mount of Olives, they would have seen in the Kidron Valley vines growing. As they passed the houses, they would have seen vines growing around the windows. So it's hardly surprising Jesus uses this image of a vine. But why a vine and not an olive tree? Maybe that had something to do with the way the tangled branches find their life in being connected to the vine. Or maybe it was about the fact that vines only have one purpose and that purpose is not to look or to smell nice, but to bear fruit. So Jesus takes this image and says, I am the true vine. And then he speaks of the father being a gardener. For the branches of the vine to produce fruit, they need to be tended by a vine dresser, as some of the other translations put it. It's a lovely phrase, isn't it? Someone who looks after the vine, someone who waters it, someone who has an intimate knowledge of the vine. And then he says, we... That's you and me, are the branches. The fruit grows on the branches. Do you notice the word Jesus uses? He doesn't say the branches will produce fruit. He says the branches will bear fruit. And there's a difference. Production suggests something that we put effort in in order to produce. Bearing reminds us that fruit comes not by our own efforts, but by our connection in relationship to the vine and the gardener. So this is the image we're going to explore in a a little bit of detail this morning, is that image of the vine and how we as the branches can be fruitful. Why is it so important that we are fruitful people? Here's the first point. Firstly, it fulfills God's purpose for the world. Do you remember that verse in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 where God lays out a mandate for creation through Adam and Eve? And the mandate is be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Be Fruitful is the original mandate for humans' relationship with creation. That doesn't just mean have babies and multiply, although there is an element of that. 
It means to enjoy a fruitful relationship with the earth that demonstrates that just as God cares for his creation, so he's entrusted humans as stewards of his creation. The image of the early chapters of Genesis is about a garden. We live in a garden. We're in a garden to be fruitful. We're in a garden to bear fruit. And the message is that as long as humans stay in relationship to God, they will bear fruit. But when that relationship is broken, their ability to bear fruit is broken too. You see, behind Adam and Eve's decision to disobey God, to eat of the fruit of the tree, was a spirit of independence, an attitude that they wanted to become independent of God and to live life their way. And as that relationship between humanity and God was broken, so the fruitfulness that they had previously experienced that was marked by mutual independence came to an end. That relationship that that bore fruit now became marked by toil and pain and ultimately death. Right at the beginning of the Bible's story of the relationship between people and God, there is this lesson. Fruitful living begins with a fruitful relationship with God. And when that fruitful relationship with God is broken, fruitful living is no longer possible. Our desire as the church is to point people to a restored relationship with God, a renewed relationship with God that will lead to a fruitful relationship with the creator and his creation. And this is what Jesus came to do. In the previous chapter, chapter 14, it ends with these words. But he comes, that is Jesus, that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Jesus says, we, as we do what the Father has commanded, as we follow the commands, so we live a fruitful life. The commands of God are not made to give us, make us less fruitful. The complete opposite. The commands of God enable us to be fruitful because they reveal to us the true character of God. They reveal to us the people God wants us to be, the life he wants us to live, the relationships he wants us to enjoy. And in doing exactly what the Father has commanded me, as Jesus did, so we can be fruitful. We can be restored to that original relationship with God. So that's the first thing, is we we want to be fruitful because it fulfills God's purposes for the world. Secondly, it authenticates God's relationship with his people. You know, throughout the Old Testament, one of the most well-used vineyards, uh, well-most images of the relationship between God and his Old Testament people Israel is of a vineyard. They are God's vineyard. There are many references. Here's just one example, Isaiah 27, verse 6. In the days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will bud and blossom and fill the whole world with fruit. 
So just as Adam and Eve were called to go forth and multiply and be fruitful, so God's vision for the people of Israel in the Old Testament was that too. Go forth, be fruitful and multiply. But of course the story of the Old Testament is the story of tragedy. As the nation of Israel largely failed to do that and to be that. And the shallowness and the barrenness of their relationship with God in much of the Old Testament points to the way that they fail to understand that God was calling them to be fruitful and that fruitful living was based on a fruitful relationship with him. He wanted them to be a blessing to the whole world but they weren't the authentic people of God because they weren't being fruitful. And now Jesus speaks about the same thing in chapter 15, verse 2 of John. He talks about the authenticity of our relationship with God. Verse 2 contains some disturbing images. He talks about some of the branches having to be cut off. Other branches need to be pruned clean. Imagine you're a tree and you see a gardener approaching. He's carrying a chainsaw in one hand and secateurs in the other. This would be a disturbing sight as you contemplate the prospect of what is going to happen to you. Both involve a painful process, but one involves the branch being completely cut off, the other of it being pruned so that it will be more fruitful. Reminds me going to the dentist. Extraction or filling? Which would you prefer? Well, Neither, really. But one means having a tooth cut off. The other involves it being repaired, that it may be fruitful, for want of a better phrase. What determines the process that each of these branches will undergo? The answer? Fruitfulness. Why are some branches cut off? Jesus says they're cut off because they haven't borne any fruit. Who are these people? On the outside, these people appear to be disciples, appear to be in Jesus. But they're not genuine disciples. And the reality of their relationship with the Father is about to be exposed by them being cut off and thrown away. And by the way, there were no brown bins in those days. They weren't thrown off and cut away to be recycled. They were thrown off and cut, uh, cut off and thrown away. And that was it. So the ones who will be cut off because of their lack of fruit are those who weren't genuine followers of Jesus. But then there are others who will be trimmed clean. Why? Because these are genuine disciples who've borne fruit in their lives already. But they're going to go through a pruning, trimming process that, whilst it won't be comfortable, has the purpose of enabling them to be even more fruitful than they've already been. They won't be thrown away. They'll be made even more fruitful. The circumstances of that may be painful. But the aim is that their relationship with the Father will become deeper. That they will be more fruitful. Fruitfulness is not necessarily seen in outward success. Bigger numbers, more activity, greater experiences. The fruitfulness Jesus is talking about is the depth of our relationship with God, our communion with Christ, 
a deeper experience of trusting in him and becoming more dependent on him, a deepening of the fruit of the spirit in our lives, patience, kindness, self-control, etc. The goal of fruitfulness is not to become more independent, but to become more dependent on God so that people see Christ in us. I think this is a prophetic message for the church at this time. The church has lost people through this pandemic. Some have been lost because the true nature of their relationship with God has actually been revealed. That it was shallow and wasn't producing fruit. Others have come through this deeper and stronger. Their lives have borne fruit. They've gone through a pruning, pruning process and they've borne fruit in their lives. The fruit of a deeper relationship with God. The fruit of character that is making them more like Christ. The fruit of good works as they've got involved in service to the Lord. The fruit of a deepening knowledge of God through studying his word. The fruit of closer communion with Christ through prayer and worship. The fruit of deeper fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ that enriches our experience of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. This is what the Bible means when it talks about fruitfulness. Fruitfulness authenticates the reality of our relationship with God as his people. And finally, it clarifies God's mission for the church. You see, after his resurrection, when Jesus commissioned the disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples, it was actually a reworking of that original commission in the Garden of Eden. Jesus was saying, go forth and multiply, go and be fruitful. And I love this verse from Colossians chapter 1, verse 6 on the handout. It says, in the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and day truly understood God's grace. Fruitfulness comes when the gospel is preached. Fruitfulness comes when the gospel of God's grace is understood and is responded to. Both Jesus in his great commission and Paul in his understanding of the gospel and its impact on people's lives say the same thing. Where God's grace is preached and truly understood, fruitfulness can take place. But there is no fruitfulness without the gospel. If you think that the church can be fruitful by abandoning the gospel or changing the gospel, making the gospel more acceptable, making the gospel more, more contemporary, more relevant, then you make a big mistake because that isn't the message of scripture. The message of scripture is the gospel will bear fruit. And when we preach the gospel, fruit will be born. God's grace is about realising we do nothing to contribute to our salvation. It's all God's work. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves more acceptable to God or less in need of salvation. It blows independence out of the water. And just as Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you cannot be fruitful. So he was simply reiterating the foundation of the gospel. Apart from Jesus, there is no salvation. Apart from Jesus, there can be no fruitfulness. 
But when we trust in Jesus, there is salvation and there is fruitfulness. It is in Christ alone, apart from him, we can do nothing. The prophet Isaiah, writing some 700 years before Jesus, in chapter 53, that awesome chapter that looks forward to the Messiah, looked to a time when the Messiah would be cut off from the land of the living. Cut off. But he would be cut off so that others could be drawn near. On the cross, Jesus was cut off from the presence of God so that by his substitutionary death on the cross, we might be drawn near to God and may never have to be cut off ourselves. And we remember that Jesus rose again and Jesus is now back with his father, enjoying the deepest communion with his father and through his ministry into our lives. And through our lives into all the world, we can offer up this same prospect. The prospect that we too can know a relationship with God. The prospect that we too can live fruitful lives. The prospect that we too can live in anticipation of that deep communion we will enjoy with him one day face to face in eternity. Fruitful living begins with a fruitful relationship with God. Do you know that fruitful relationship with God this morning? Do you know what it means that Jesus was cut off for you? Do you know what it means that you have been restored to God? Do you know what it means to start to bear fruit and to continue to bear fruit in your life as a follower of Jesus? Well, we're going to be exploring much more about that in the future. But for now, I want you to just be sure that you have a fruitful relationship with God. Are you the branches attached to Jesus, the vine? And are you being looked after by the Father and responding by following in his ways and his commands?